All those comics, all the games, all those toys, all the TV, the animation. Just give us, just give us one hour and 45 minutes and we will give you everything Hello, Marvelites. And Merry Christmas. <laughs> he stole it from me. I was going to say, welcome to a very special holiday episode of This Week in Marvel. I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Marvel's agent. I'm joined by... Ben Morse, Marvel uh, editorial director of digital media. Uh, and it is August. Yep, it's August. Uh, quick backstory: Before we went on the air, Ryan was singing Christmas songs. No idea why. Really, no, because you wanted just to be went cold. Into, yeah, I, I guess that's it. I wanted it's to be cold because it's too dang warm out, and you wanted to be cold. Although today, high of seventy-eight degrees. Wow. I wear long pants, and I was like, I'm gonna get through this. You're okay. Yeah. Legs weren't sweating too much. Uh, you know, a little bit. I did my best. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so you know, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkahs, Your Christmas. Happy you holidays. know what? When you do your holiday shopping, you're yeah. going to want to remember to get the Marvel MasterCard where you can earn 3% cash back on dining, select entertainment, online at marvel.com. You get 1% cash back on all other MasterCard purchases. There's so much more. It's perfect for gift getting and for gift giving, Yeah, which are you know pretty much the same thing. It's like when you're buying the gifts for others, you're giving a gift to yourself. It's true. With that cash back. That's the Christmas spirit. Yeah. Uh, well done, Benjamin. That was great. Uh, if you're just joining us, this is the official Marvel podcast of all the things that we do. We're going to talk about all the new comics out this week, print and digital, single issues. It's a manageable list this week, guys. Yeah. Single issues and collections. Uh, we're going to talk about some news. We're going to hear from Strami and the Wolfman yep. on the West Always a Coast. pleasure. Always a pleasure. And then we've got a special This Week in Marvel Unlimited Reading Club selection of Age of the Century. Age of the Century. And we brought back Jordan D. White to help us By talk popular about demand. Yeah, he was the editor, one of the editors on the book. And um, I really, I think you guys should completely go read that mm-hmm. before you finish mm-hmm. the show. Because... Uh, we talk about a lot of the stuff in there, and it, it is a bonkers It's really good. Fun. This is one of my favorite things we've read for Tumi RC in a while. Yeah, it's written by uh, Jeff Parker and Paul Tobin. It's got an amazing array of artists. Uh, Nick Dragota on the leads, yeah. with then all sorts of people. Michael Cho, Ram- Colin Ramon Coover. Rosanis, Colin Coover. Uh, there's tons of great art and really weird stuff. Yep. It is fantastic. Yeah, it's it's really a delight, and I have a feeling it's one must, many of our listeners may not have been around for or didn't yeah. pick up the first time. So please, please, please read Age of the Century, even if it's too late to send comments in. Yeah. Which it is, because we're recording. Exactly. Uh, but we are recording, and we've got books to talk about. Let's dive into what's new this week. First up is A Year of Marvels, The Unstoppable, number one. Uh, so this is a collection of two infinite comics uh, in our Year of Marvel series. This is June and July. Uh, we've got... Uh, the first story featuring Nova and Iron Man, written by Paul Elor, with art by Diego Olortegui, and colors by Rochelle Rosenberg. Sorry for destroying your names. Storyboards by Jeffo. Uh, and it's it's basically a story about Nova getting tricked, being naive, yeah, being Nova. young, uh, getting tricked, be, helping out a villain who he doesn't realize is a villain who I guess was a new warrior for a little while. Uh, Midnight Fire is Silhouette's brother and oh. Night Thrasher's arch enemy. Oh. Um, he 
was not a new warrior as far as I know. They say he was a new warrior. I think that's just something he told Nova. He was a new warrior's bad guy. He was a new warrior's villain. Yeah. Uh, But... Good to see Midnight's Fire still kicking around. Part of my childhood. Yeah. Still alive. That's great. And uh, Nova and Iron Man team up to take him down, which was super fun. And then uh, the other story, the July story, is by Chuck Wendig with layouts by Jeffo, art by Juanan Ramirez, colors by Jesus Arbatov, and uh, it stars Bucky Barnes going, um, fighting a, like, occultist part of AIM. Mm -hmm. uh, DOA. Yeah, DOA. That's a real group. Yeah. They were from the 90s, and uh, Cullen Bunn brought them back in Fear Itself the Fearless. Well, there you go. It's another it's another Black Wolf-esque pull by Cullen Bunn. <laughs> uh, so we're getting closer and closer to Black Wolf. We are so... I like can lots taste of Black it. Wolf. I can taste it. I can't believe he... We haven't talked about this yet. On the live feed, the interview he did where he tried to claim that I didn't know who Black Wolf was. Oh, and yeah. He, oh, that was rough. Yeah. Colin Bond, I'm coming for you. Uh, is this Changed Man a, a, a classic character? I think he's new. All right. Yeah. He is creepy AF. Yeah. I was not a fan of him. Like, he just creeped me out. So great job, yeah. Chuck, as always, for bringing the weird. Um, and it's great. It's Bucky looking to get some of his stuff that DOA have stolen because they think, oh, if we use this and we put magic to it, it'll give us things. Yep. And Bucky's like, you're dumb. I'm going to punch you. You dumb dummies. Speaking of dumb dummies, Civil War Kingpin number two is a book not for dumb dummies. It's great. It's written by Matthew Rosenberg, your boy. Art by Ricardo Lopez Ortiz. Colors by Matt Lopez with Antonio Fabella. We've got the Kingpin being able to operate with, as they say, complete autonomy because Janus Jardish, his new employee, cannot be predicted by Ulysses. That is his inhuman power. His inhuman power is that he can do whatever he wants. Uh, the art in this is so crazy. Um, it's like almost like a little bit Sienkiewicz-esque. Uh, we have Kingpin dealing with some dealing with undercover shield agents, uh, dealing with his own lieutenants, a lot of really graphic violence. Jan- really graphic violence. Really graphic violence. Jane is getting sick and Kingpin uh, kind of imparting his philosophy, saying why he's not a bad guy, his kind of rationale for why he is the hero of his own story. There's this sort of like father-son thing yeah. going on with Kingpin and Janice that I love so much. It's cool because Kingpin gets a chance to explain himself to like, you know, this is someone he genuinely likes. He doesn't have a lot of people he genuinely likes, so he wants him to like him and he wants to justify what he does and it's a great platform and of course matt's going to be continuing with a kingpin ongoing series so this is all great setup for that it's pretty great yep um and then we've got daredevil annual number one featuring the turn of echo what yeah what i, I was excited by that i was very excited when i saw that echo i thought back. she was I, dead but i, I wasn't guess not. i wasn't thrilled when she was killed off so, so i was happy was to see dead. her back she was dead as they say on the recap page um, she has returned to life under mysterious circumstances, Ooh. basically meaning I guess we wanted to tell a story with Echo, and we'll get to Hell how yeah, she, we'll figure it we'll out. get to how she came back later. It's comic books, yeah. I love it because a great character should always be available always be available. Um, so it, the main story is written by Charles Soule, art by Vanessa Del Rey, and color by Matt Lopez. No relation to Sarah Del Rey <laughs> or Lana Del Rey. I don't know. What, which there's one of them is a music person. Lana and one Del Rey is a, is a musician. Person. Sarah Del Rey is the main female trainer down at the uh, produ- the performance center. Perfect. Uh, so it's a story with uh, Daredevil and Echo teaming up to take on Claw, and it's a really cool way to use Claw as like yeah. 
there's basically like a virus transmitted. Well, I love Claw as a Daredevil villain. That's yeah. something Mark Wade set up uh, early in his run, and I think it just makes the most sense out of anything. Totally, and it's got this like zombie-ish. It's creepy. Thing. Yeah, it's very it's creepy. creepy. Um, Vanessa Del Rey does a great job of illustrating this just weird, creepy vibe to it all. It's very surreal in a lot of ways. She does really cool stuff with sound and with um, with sound effects and just panel layouts are super cool. It, mm-hmm. it's, it's a great, great uh, look for it. And it's a, a wonderful way to combine Echo and Daredevil yeah. to take down this really crazy threat. It makes Claw friggin' cool. Like, cool and dangerous. Terrifying. Scary, Terrifying. Uh, which is always awesome because he is a purple dude made of living sound and with we, a, like a... A tuning fork. No. Yeah, like a no, megaphone? Like a, know, like a, they actually say it in this issue. They do. Yeah, but we don't want to go back and look. because yeah. Do we? We uh, don't want to. Do we? A speaker cone. Of course, a speaker cone. Yes. We just remembered that. Yeah, just off the top of our heads. Yep. Uh, super cool. I loved it. And uh, so that was a great story. And I, one, I'm excited for more Echo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm two, glad to have Echo back. I think she's uh, a underutilized character for sure. Totally. And I look forward to seeing more ways where people use uh, Claw in yeah. cool ways. And then the backup story. Yeah. Written by Ramblin. Is the, I think it's Ram, yeah, Ramblin, Ramblin Roger, Roger McKenzie. McKenzie. Classic Daredevil writer. Uh, yeah. He was the writer when Frank Miller first broke in as the artist. So he has a tremendous pedigree on Daredevil. Yeah. Awesome art by Ben Torres yes. and colors by Miroslav Merva. Uh, it's just the story about Melvin Potter. Uh, Melvin Potter, the, the gladiator. gladiator. Um, him just, he's hes a little unstable. Very unstable. Uh, a little fractured and very dangerous. Um, and, you know, Melvin has been trying to be good mm-hmm. for a long time, but not always. And this is this sort of clears a deck and sets a, a, a different stage for him. Yep. Pretty cool. Deadpool number 16, tying into Civil War 2. We've got writer Jerry Duggan, art by Mike Hawthorne, inks by Terry Pallet, colors by Jordi Belair. This is a big issue because we finally find out how Deadpool became such a big, famous hero, and it turns out it has nothing to do with anything Deadpool did. It was Solo, a member of the Mercs for Money, had was not getting hired, was not getting jobs, so he was dressing up as Deadpool. And in the course of dressing up as Deadpool, he happened to get involved with a assassination attempt on the president um, and on foreign dignitaries. He ends up sa- he his his ability to sightline teleport, his very specific ability, ends up being enough to uh, to get the job done. And I like how Deadpool well. Solo is narrating this whole story. Deadpool just keeps, um, just keeps giving him a hard time about his impersonation, about what he did. But the bottom line is, Solo did this really good thing, and Deadpool is reaping the rewards for it. The other big takeaway is that Deadpool realizes that Madcap must have been behind it. Madcap is, of course, I love the idea of Madcap as Deadpool's arch enemy, a guy who lived in his head. He's super creepy. He's indestructible, and he's coming back soon to go after Deadpool and his mercs. He is the worst. Um, all right, on to Deadpool versus or Deadpool v Gambit. Deadpool v Gambit. The yeah. V is for verses. Yes, that is the actual title of the book. Uh, number three, written by uh, Ben Acker and Ben Blacker, art by Danilo Beirut, colors by Chris Peter, um, and this is unfortunately a book I loved because I hate Gambit. But this is terrific. You actually get to see Deadpool versus Fat Cobra in this, yep. which is awesome. 
amazing. You get to see uh, Acker and Blacker just come up with special, you know, crazy kung fu names for uh, Fat Cobra's moves, like Punishing Glare of Livid Fireflies and Dragon Hates Bamboo or Uppercut of the Quiet Stream. Uh, thirsty that monks is, rage is, hold. That is kind of the best part of every time Fat Cobra or any of the immortal weapons show up. Yeah, we need more immortal weapons. This I may, seen them enough. My favorite might be tantric nostril destruction. Oh yeah, which Ugh. made me think for a while. Which made it not an all ages book. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you've got the Fat Cobra versus Deadpool fight, but then you also have Gambit's post Bone Zone escapades, yep. which were great because his powers were all out of whack yep. and then he's like oh god it's so it's so horrifying <laughs> I forgot about he accidentally this. sets his girl's fingers oh, um, kinetically charges them so they explode uh, and they make this pop 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 sound and it's delightful. just awful it was delightful oh it's so much going on and then uh deadpool's image inducer is of a kind of a beat up gambit mm-hmm. which is terrific yeah there's all kinds of fun stuff uh both of them their powers are out of whack they're not feeling so great they you know go on a little bit of a hunt they get to a barbecue uh and then brings us to one of the greatest catchphrases in all of marvel comics history um absorbing man grabs a hot dog or a sausage or some sort doesn't he say he always wanted to try this yep uh and he he takes on the properties of the sausage or hot dog, mm-hmm. and he yells out, it's wiener in time. Yep. Which, I mean, I really Great. hope we Great. keep that going. Yeah, that should be absorbing. It man should shtick. always be wiener in time. It should always be wiener in time all the time. Yeah. May may your days be filled with wienerins. Over to Doctor Strange number 10, written by Jason Aaron, pencils by Chris Pachalo. Inks by Tim Townsend, John Livesay, Victor Olazaba, Al Vey, Jamie Mendoza, and Wayne Foucher. Colors by Chris Pachalo with Rain Barreto. It takes a village because it is the big conclusion for The Last Days of Magic. First, we flash back to some gross Chris Pachalo artwork showing how Doctor Strange first created the creature in his basement. And the creature in his basement is hugely important to the final fight between Doctor Strange, who has no more magic, or very, very little magic, taking on the Imperator, who is the champion of science. Uh, It comes down to a one-on-one fight between these guys, while on the outside, the other sorcerers are trying to hold off the rest of the Empirical. Um, It's a gross fight between Doctor Strange and the Imperator. Um, He gets help from a, a few unexpected sources, and the price he ends up paying for being able to win maybe more than he can handle because he basically has to wear the monster in his uh cellar like a suit um like a suit of armor but the guy gets loose there's a bunch of stuff going on with wong with zelda is it zelda or velma zelda zelda um and then yeah basically what the conclusion is we're gonna have to see in the aftermath what's going on with magic because we don't know if they managed to save magic or not yeah it seems like it's all tapped out all right, on to Invincible Iron Man number 12. This is a Civil War II tie-in. This sure is, is. Um, yeah, it, it's a great one. It's uh, written by Brian Michael Bendis, art by Mike Diodato and Frank Martin. And you've got the framing story, which is uh, Tony Stark just sitting on the rubble of his tower, which has been destroyed by... Used to be nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, was destroyed by the Inhumans because mm, they're pissed at we him. We don't know who destroyed it. Wasn't it that's, destroyed by the? That's a plot point in another uh, another issue this week. Wasn't that already established? No, 
No, it's it's in when you get to Uncanny and Humans, or when I get to Uncanny and Humans, that's their big thing is they did a bunch of bad stuff to Tony, but they didn't destroy his tower, and they're trying to figure out who did destroy his tower. Well, at the we end do of the find last out. issue of the Inhumans, they it was believed that they thought that the right. tower was destroyed by their people. Right. What we'll get to is the real story yeah. of that. Wait till you guys find out the real story behind it. Boy, howdy. Yes. Uh, anywho. So back to Iron Man. Sure. Uh, we've got Tony sitting on the rubble, and then we get to flashback to him uh, having come back from the perceived dead. He's talking to his people. He's talking to his, the board of directors. He calls someone a dick. I had a lot of fun with that point. Mm. Uh, it was great. He uh, is, you know, trying to get his life back in order at that point because people, again, thought he was dead. Uh, and we get to see his first meeting with Riri who um, is the genius who has created her own uh, suit of armor. And Tony's like, he feels a kinship to her. And it's really fun, really sweet. Uh, so excited to see that because we know Riri is going to be a big player coming up in, uh, Huge in, player. in the next couple months. And then by the end of the issue, we see someone else who may be a big player in the next couple months. Now then. On to more big players in the next couple months. Would you believe Marvel Tsum Tsum? Number one, written by Jacob Chabot, uh, art by David Baldione, inks by Terry Pallet. Uh, so this is the hit Tsum Tsum craze coming to Marvel Comics. It starts out with an intergalactic battle in space involving the Guardians of the Galaxy, a package that was due to the collector, uh, ends up on Earth and ends up in the... the, the uh, hands of three kids uh they open it up they're big superhero fans they're taking pictures of iron man they open up this package and they find these sumsums but they're just normal sumsums they've got nothing on it they go and watch an avengers fight and the sumsums suddenly take on the uh properties of all these different superheroes captain america hulk captain marvel black widow sumsums are out of control the kids have to chase after them the looter shows up you that know. can't be understated. You know, the looter from Spider-Man. What does he do? He loots, mostly. Oh. Um, so they find a way to get these uh, critters under control, but the looter makes a grab, and basically all craziness is going on. This book is just ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I love it. It's so sooms, fun. Yeah. It's Zoom Zooms as Marvel. It's, it's, it's exactly what the title says. It's a lot of fun. You guys should check it out. Yes. Uh, all right. Oh, you've got... Yes, I will go next with Marvel Avenger, Marvel Universe Avengers Ultron Revolution number two. Of course, adapting the story The Ultimates, written by Danielle Wolf, directed by Tim Elrod, adapted by Joe Caramagna. It takes uh, the episode in which the Avengers dealt with the Ultron Revolution mm. uh, and the Ultimates. Mm. And there it all is. Sure. Uh, on to Moon Knight. Number five. This is a this is a crazy one. This is mm. the last part of this opening story arc called uh, you know Welcome to New Egypt, written by Jeff Lemire. And we've got amazing art by not just Greg Smallwood, but also Wilfredo Torres, yes. Francesco oh, Francavilla, so cool. and James Stokoe. Uh, the uh, let's see, Stephen uh, Wilfredo does Stephen Grant a couple pages. Francesco does uh, a couple Jake Lockley pages, and James Stokoe. One of my favorite artists does yeah. Night of the Moon, which is I don't even remember that. No, in, that's in, new. I think. Is that new? I think oh, it's new. So good. Yeah. It's basically uh, Moon Knight on the moon fighting moon wolves. 
uh, or being chased by moon wolves more l realistically. And it is freaking gorgeous, uh, as is all the art in this book. Uh, but this is really like Moon Knight finally facing up to Khonshu, uh, facing off against another Moon Knight. Mark's brain is fractured like crazy. Uh, so he has to come to terms with he's got no control. He doesn't know who he is. He doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't know where he's going. And he makes the decision to say, no, I will not be a pawn. Where that leaves him just totally flips us like a hundred and thousand degrees we'll see where it goes i legit by the end of this issue i thought oh that was the end of the series yeah but it's not no i'm so excited that it's yeah not. i'm really excited it it's not so because happy. i have no idea yeah. how jeff lemire is going to go from here it's fantastic totally no idea. it's really great it keeps you on your toes really yeah. really great and that art across every page in that issue you better be on your toes if you're reading The Punisher number 4, written by Becky Cloonan, art by Steve Dillon, color art by Frank Martin. Uh, Frank Castle is pursuing drug dealers. He is now being pursued by them as he has gotten away with part of their stash. He's got a little girl riding shotgun as he's in a big van. He's getting chased by a heavily armored truck with Face and these other nut jobs who are shooting at him. There's... Uh, they get into the trunk of his car. They try to steal his guns out of his battle van. You've also got the DEA going after them from another direction. Uh, there's a gunfight, shockingly, for a Punisher book. There's lots of blood. There's bombs. There's explosions. Uh, they're doing a great job just doing kind of the quintessential Punisher here. And Steve Dillon's art, of course, is amazing. I really like the colors by Frank Martin. Uh, and there is ice cream. There is ice cream in the issue. Finally. Someone, someone gets some ice cream. Thank that book goodness. was so great. Ugh. Silk, number 11, up next, written by Robbie Thompson, art by Tana Ford, colors by Ian Herring. And this is full of revelations and uh, important character stuff for Cindy. Uh, in here, she has a great heart-to-heart -heart talk with her dead ex-boyfriend. A great heart-to-heart -heart yep. talk with her dead ex-boyfriend. Yep, that happened. That was a thing. And it was it was really great. It was really sweet. Uh, we get to figure out how they have a talk because, mm -hmm. again, he dead, uh, but they, they are able to talk and what his place in her life will be. We'll find out, but it's really, really sweet, and uh, I'm sure there's much more about that. We get Cindy uh, dealing with Mockingbird and, and her place within S.H.I.E.L.D., within her triple agent double agent status all that kind of crazy stuff her and the uh the fact channel uh with j jonah jameson i love their relationship yeah they have a cool relationship so good and then her with her brother and then with her best friends who have figured out her identity oh no and there's a really fun uh bit that's yeah. going on but then by the end it all takes this really creepy cool ominous turn where i'm not sure who this lady is but i am not sure either i have my i have my suspicions mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but i'm not sure yeah it's very cool and then uh, I'm really excited because it looks like Cindy and her pals are going on this adventure in a really weird place, mm -hmm. which is a very different uh, angle than we've seen yeah. for this book so far. Yeah. Uh, Spidey number nine, written by Robbie Thompson, art by Nathan Stockman, colors by Jim Campbell. I want to call out Nathan Stockman, who I've never seen before, but man, I love the art in this issue. It reminded me of Eduardo Rizzo. A little oh, bit, yeah, I can see that. but um, but distinctly his own. Uh, this is of course the retelling of kind of the classic high school years, high school untold adventures from the high school years um, of Peter Parker. So one of the main plots is that Peter's trying to sell photos to J. Jonah Jameson, as he always does. He runs into a kindred spirit in the photo lab. 
Uh, he gets some old film from his camera developed. Meanwhile, he is looking to try to get some more pictures taken so he can buy a present for Aunt May's birthday. But Craven the Hunter shows up, and I don't know if you guys know this, but Craven the Hunter is my favorite Spider-Man villain. I did not know that. I actually. think he is fantastic. I think his look is so crazy that it's great, and I love that he doesn't just have a single power or one thing that he does. He has all these different weapons and techniques and plots, and that's totally on display here. And lots of abs. And lots of abs. More abs than I would know what to do with, um, but I'd find a way. Um, Speaking of abs, there was a promo image for SummerSlam Uh, with Finn Balor and Seth Rollins, and all I could look at was like, look at all those abs. abs. Oh, my God. Perfect abs. Uh, Game Match Play, there's this one double-page spread here where it's basically, I don't even know how to describe it. It's the zigzag patterns that um, Stockman does are so cool. It's Craven using a bunch of different weapons against Spider-Man. The art in this book is just tremendous. Um, the bulk of the book is a big Spider-Man Craven fight. Robbie Thompson does a great job coordinating it and also getting a lot of cool dialogue in there. And there's a twist at the end. Uh, there's two twists, actually. One, in terms of Peter's quest to get Aunt May a really cool present, which I thought was really sweet. And then another that explains why Craven lost and who he is working with, which will hopefully be picked up in the future. Yeah. I think Nathan is an Irishman. Oh, yeah? Uh, I believe, I remember, Declan might have mentioned it, but I think... An Irishman! Yeah. And uh, it's just another amazing artist Mm -hmm. coming out of Ireland. Crazy. Uh, If you listen to our podcast with Deck, which may or may not have... I don't think it's gone up yet. Oh. So it could go up at any time. We should definitely put that up yeah. before his issues his story finishes. Yeah, I'll check up on that. Yeah, cool. Uh but it's it's also it's cool with between Deck and Will Sliney and now Nathan just like, you know, these newish crop of of really talented comic book creators. Yeah. It's cool. For sure. Yeah. All right, up next is Squadron Supreme number 10 written by James Robinson, uh art by Leonard Kirk, Paul Neary and Chris Sotomayor and uh it starts out with the squadron led by Nighthawk uh, going to going after this facility that they think most of the team thinks is doing some bad stuff, uh, and blur, it's a lot of it is narrated by uh, Blur from his point of view, which is cool because we haven't really seen too much from no. him. Uh, and then they get to the facility, and Blue Marvel shows up, and Uh-oh. one Blue Marvel's a good dude. He's he's pretty cool. Yep. He's a good guy. He's also completely prepared. For the squadron, he is able to counter all of them. And there's this great moment where he's basically taking out the rest of the squadron, uh, and Hyperion's like, "You're, you're, you seem prepared for everything. What about me? Anything planned?" And Blue Marvel's like, "You, nothing. The thinking part's done. Time to sweat." And yeah. they just fight. They just fight. I love Blue Marvel so much. He's yeah. great. Uh, it's just really cool stuff. There's a little bit of talk about, ooh, maybe they had set up from Ulysses that ties into Civil War II. And they get back to Squadron HQ without Nighthawk. So there's a big mystery, a big page within the book that uh, connects to that. The rest of the squadron's like, why are we following Nighthawk? What is our mm. deal? What's going on? I like Thunder who says, like, even I, who I'm supposed to be kind of – stopping you guys yeah. i'm just taking orders from nighthawk yeah. not even a thing something's fishy and then uh they're also like we're we've got this great you know headquarters and no one can find us and then who knocks on the door 
but it is uh, Power Princess, who we saw mm -hmm. in the previous issue. She's depowered, but she's still raring for a fight because Warrior Woman has taken over her identity and has shown her true colors. So it sets up a whole chain of events uh, because Power Princess also reveals that Warrior Woman wants to resurrect Namor. Yeah. Which Bring would, him back to which, life, as Linkin Park would say. <laughs> which would not be good for the squadron no. who put him under in the first place. Great, great Linkin Park reference. You know, I, I, had to, I had to drop it in there. Taking it all the way back. Uh, Uncanny in Humans, number 12, written by Charles Soule, pencils by Carlos Pacheco, inks by Andy Owens, colors by David Curiel. As we mentioned earlier, uh, Tony Stark's Stark Tower has been destroyed. Everyone thinks it's the Inhumans. Medusa says, no, it ain't us. We're going to go find out who does it, who did it. She basically puts Adelan on lockdown. She gets Lockjaw. She gets Frank McGee, her number one investigator. And they go to try to figure out who did this. Meanwhile, over in Switzerland, Lash and his Inhumans are attacking another Stark facility. Hmm. Medusa and her crew go to the quiet room. They question Black Bolt. They go to Inalux. They question Ahura. They eventually find Lash and his Inhumans get into a fight with them, and we find out that Lash is not responsible fully for his actions. There's someone else pulling the strings, and that, of course, is Maximus the Mad. Uh, but it looks like Medusa is responsible for all this destruction, and when Captain Marvel and her crew show up at the end, they're ready to hold Medusa responsible. Dun-dun-dun! Right? Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. All right. We've got Uncanny X-Men, number 11, out this week. Written by Colin Bunn, art by Greg Land, Jay Lyson, and Nolan Woodard. And it starts off with uh, this, you know, really intense scene at the, um, the Elk Run Research Facility where a crew of very angry mutants show up. Do we? Do you know who these characters are? Because I wasn't familiar No, I think they're them. new. Okay. They show up and they're like, Whoa, we're going to mess stuff up and they have these really cool powers and it's creepy and uh it's just it's a cool little cold open that is going to set up i imagine a ton more but they also colin sets up uh this cool idea that um humans have taken sentinel technology to create new kinds of murder machines like this tank that is purple it's got a little sentinel face on it. it's kind of mm -hmm. cute uh it was it's adorable it's probably going to be a murdery little business yep uh then we go to see our crew of x-men who have they they're stationed at War Room X in the Savage Land. I love the Savage Land. You can just sort of love like it. throw some stuff up and it's yep. just like, yep, it's cool. Savage Land, dinosaurs, everything's cool. Here's a big you just tower. Have dinosaurs show up in the background. Yeah. They don't even need to do anything. They're in the foreground right here. Yeah. That's great. Good use of foreground. Uh, we've got M Plate who has uh, put himself yep. inside Monet. So basically it's not as bad as it sounds. Mm, right. It's worse than I mean it's, it's actually worse it's than both this. worse and not as bad. Yeah. Uh, but he's in her hand with his little mouth <laughs> yeah. in, in her hand, and it's so gross. Like, I, I'm i trying to picture, like, how you function on a day-to-day -day basis with don't. a mouth with, like, don't, man. horrible teeth constantly, like, yapping away, being like, oh, I'm, I'm evil. Let's do some evil stuff. Yeah, and it would it would just be a lot. Yeah, it would it, be so much. It's, it's a lot to handle. Yeah. Uh, you get Psylocke working out and destroying stuff in their little gym. Uh, but Psylocke and Monet are having a chat, conspiring, because they're just they're not having any of this Magneto BS. Yeah. You know, he's got plans upon plans. Typical Magneto. You know? Typical Magneto. Uh, speaking of dinosaurs, you got Sabretooth just Hunting going some after dinosaurs. some dinosaurs, which bumped me out. 
Like, yeah. Leave those dinos alone, Sabretooth. I uh, I liked his interaction with Archangel because I'm really curious to know more about this new Gestalt Archangel yes. who is a combination of many incarnations of himself. For sure. Uh, and then finally, we get to see a new, new, new Hellfire Club. And finally, Vote Loki number three, written by Christopher Hastings, art by Langdon Foss. I love this Misa Contreras is trying to prove that Loki is a bad candidate to run for president. Loki seems to elude everything she does. She ties him to the Hydra terrorist attack and shows that he was really responsible for it. He ducks his way out of that. Uh, there's some stuff going on in Latveria. I love all the stuff with Loki on the campaign trail oh my with his shirts. The shirts. The shirts like, are he's amazing. He's wearing a cowboy shirt at one point. Yep. I'm like, oh, yes, he is. He's being given um, an ice cream with a hamburger, with onion rings, with a candy apple on top. It's all the meals in one. His <laughs> his speeches are pretty great. Yeah. Um, Good on Christopher Hastings, but like I said, there's an undercurrent of something going on in Latveria. There's this resistance front that Loki becomes involved with, and they, again, Nina thinks, okay, perfect. Loki just said during his speech, we should not be involved in Latveria. He says, very specifically, I don't want to send our troops yes, to Latveria. That's the key. He says, I don't want to send our troops to Latveria because he went and took care of the Latveria thing himself. Uh, he still benefits. And look at this glorious next issue color, cover with Loki holding up the American flag, American Eagle radio. Uh, I know I will be voting Loki. Covers by Trad Moore. Trad Moore. Uh, great covers. So good. Good stuff. It, it It's a great book because if you are burnt out on election stuff. And I am. It's great. Yep. If you are craving more election stuff. Still great. It's still great. It yep. somehow works on both angles for that. And it is terrific and kind of scary. Yeah, I wish Tom Hiddleston was American and could run for president. <laughs> I think a lot of people would vote yeah, for him. I think a lot of people would, too. Yeah. All right. Mm. Twim of the week. Oh, boy. Why don't you go first this time? Uh, it's a toughie. It's a toughie. I really liked Vote Loki. Mm. I really liked Invincible Iron Man. Mm -hmm. I think I am going to pick... The issue that is titled and numbered Doctor Strange number 10. Really? Yeah. I thought you were going Moon Knight number 5 for I'm sure. I so close. Forget about Moon Knight. Poor Moon Knight. No, but it was so um, good. I like Spidey a lot with all the craven in it. I liked, um, I also like Doctor Strange. I'm going to go with Moon Knight though. I think Moon Knight earned it. I think that, that extra art pushes it over the top for yeah. me. Yeah, well, those Stoko pages, yeah. I just want to eat them. Yeah, they was, would be delicious with just a nice, nice little, little sauce. A little crunchy. Yeah. Put some uh, put some croutons on top. A little crouton. Sprinkle a little bacon, some bacon bits. Mm. Yeah, delicious. Mm. All right, collections on sale this week. Mockingbird Classic, Bobby Morse, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., no relation. Uh, <laughs> New Avengers AIM, Volume 2, Standoff. Spider-Man by Todd McFarlane, Omnibus, hardcover. That's a huge one. Thunderbolts Classic Volume 3, and Uncanny and Humans Volume 2, The Quiet Room. Uh, on the digital comics front, we also have a new issue of A Year of Marvels. It's the August Infinite comic for that one, as well as Civil War 2 Special Edition, a digital exclusive, mm -hmm. all kinds of fun extra stuff, mm -hmm. as well as Deadpool Too Soon Infinite comic. You got a Too Soon? Too Soon! Question mark, because there is a question mark What's on the What's going title. on, guys? Hey, my name's Deadpool. Y'all want to play? 
No. <laughs> Not at all. Can you imagine if all Deadpool stuff sounded like that? Go on to the next thing. My name's Deadpool. I can't be can. Oh, God. Also on sale on the Marvel app this week, Astonishing Tales 10 and 15 through 20, Captain Marvel 1 through 25, Fantastic Four 19 through 40. The Captain Marvel or, 1 through 25, that's Genus Bell, right? That's Genus. That's Peter David, Peter David, Criss Cross. Cross. Really good run. Fantastic Four 1998 volume 19 through 40, 42 through 43, 45 through 50, Kazar from the 70s, 3 through 5, New Thunderbolts, 1 through 10, New Warriors from 2007, 1 through 13, and 16 through 20, and finally Silver Surfer from 2003, 1 through 9. Nice. Uh, digital collections on sale this week. We've got Mockingbird, Bobby Morse, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., New Avengers, AIM, Volume 2, Standoff, Uncanny and Humans, Volume 2, The Quiet Room, and Captain America Masterworks, Volumes 1 through 5. So lots of stuff. Freshly digitized on Marvel Unlimited, Captain Marvel Number 2, Contest of Champions Number 5, Deadpool and the Mercs for Money Number 1 from the Limited Series, Doctor Strange Number 5, Guardians of Infinity Number 3, Howard the Duck Number 4, Invincible Iron Man Number 6, 1 through 15 of the 1975 Iron Fist series. That includes the first appearance of Sabretooth. Sabretooth and some great John Byrne artwork. Yeah. Um, also, Chris Claremont, Chris Claremont and, John Claremont and John Byrne, their first uh, team-up. Yeah. Mar- yeah. Mar- Marvel yeah. Universe, Guardians of the Galaxy Number 1. Yeah. yeah. Nova Number 4. Obi-Wan and Anakin number two, Rocket Raccoon and Groot number two, Scarlet Witch number three, Spider-Man number one, that's Miles Morales' new series, Spidey number three, Uncanny Avengers number five, Uncanny X-Men number three, Vision number four, and X-Men, worst X-Men ever number four. So much good stuff. Also, uh, no, that's it. That's it for the comics. That's it. Yeah. Comics is done. Now. Until we get back for Twimmy RC. Yeah. Time for the news. Now, from Marvel Headquarters, it's This Week in Marvel News. All right, we're back. Ben, what do we got news-wise? It's cool, Josh. I didn't want any water. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we didn't even we're, introduce him this week. Yeah, Josh is here, guys. Yeah. Josh, say hi. Hello. All right, Josh is here. He brought us back in really quick. I was going to take a drink of water for my throat, but no, I'll just keep talking. That's better for it. Um, we got all sorts of sketchbooks this week. When it comes to comics, we have a new Avengers sketchbook by Paco Medina. We have a Venom sketchbook by Gerardo Sandoval. And we have an Uncanny Inhuman sketchbook by Carlos Pacheco. Just to let you guys know what it is, when we do a sketchbook on Marvel.com, we will show some penciled pages, some ink pages, some colored pages. We show art from every step of the way. And then we have the artists doing commentary on them. It's written by TJ Deitch. They're really good. They're really cool to look at. And they're a lot of fun. Yeah. So check them out. And I have a, a cool idea. We're in the process of finalizing a new member of our social media team, mm. uh, a graphic designer. And I have a cool idea to take these cool sketchbooks and um, do some fun stuff where we put them on social media in ways that you guys can see a lot of that art uh, in different ways. So it'd be pretty cool, but yeah. make sure you're checking them out. I like on, the sounds uh, of that. On the dot com. Yeah, they're pretty good. Uh, games following up from last week, Marvel Ultimate Alliance is now available on the Xbox One and the PlayStation 4. Was it last week that I said PlayStation 1 and Xbox 4? Sure did. Sure did. Didn't do it this week. Nope. So good for me. Go out and play. Use some Ultimate Alliance. It's also on the Steam. The Steam. So you can play it, all that stuff. Uh, there was just a press conference for 
um, the next Samsung device, which is the Galaxy Note 7. Hmm. And they had a cool little thing where they showed Marvel Contest of Champions. Oh, nice. There's something that they're doing with Contest uh, for owners of the Galaxy Note 7 when they get that. It comes out in like two weeks or something Very like cool. that. Uh, pretty cool. Pretty cool. I dropped my iPhone, so I'm going to have to get a new one. Oh. That's games news. Congratulations. You know, it's kind of spiderweb right now. I think I, it's not badly damaged enough that I can't hold out because I think I have like two months until I get a new one. Oh, so wow. Like, that's not that bad. Wow. That's survivable. The only time I've ever done that to a phone was uh, like a year or two ago. I was a dummy and I was walking mm-hmm. with my head down, you know, typing, tweeting, whatever it was, and tripped and fell straight, oh. hand, like palm of my hand right onto the phone. Oh, that's harsh. Uh, but I've, and I'll say that I've only had Samsung phones really yeah. for the last bunch of years. They are tough as hell. Yeah. They, the only way it cracked was because I landed on it full force. Yeah. And someone was like, hey, do you need help? I'm like, no, I'm an idiot. I, I, I did this to myself. My Thank you yeah. for your assistance. But this is my fault. Yeah. This was uh, this was not my fault. Uh, I left the phone on the couch, and my dog knocked it off onto the floor. Wow! So that is the dog, peril. Dog shaming. Yeah. Dog, it's, wow. Yeah, Gypsy. You know what you did. You know what you did wrong, and you know that you owe me a new phone. Wow. Yeah. Dog shaming right here on this week in Marvel. That is harsh. Harsh. I listened to. Uh, speaking of pets, I listened to uh, Anna. Um, uh, Chris Kravenoff? No. <laughs> um, Anna Faris, she has a great podcast called uh, Unqualified, mm-hmm. and uh, she did two episodes with James Gunn. Oh, cool! And they were they're great. You should definitely check them out. But uh, they did it, I guess, at James's home, and uh, one of his cats kept coming up and you can like hear it meowing. <laughs> the cat's name was Emily, and now I just want to hang out and talk to James about pets all the time. Maybe we can. That's that's what's most that exciting. Feels like that's something we should be able to do. Yeah, most likely. Yeah, probably could. Um, one last thing, uh, you guys should go check out an older podcast we put up, probably March or April of this year. It was around. We did an event with the San Francisco Giants, and there was a bunch of different interviews in that one. I think we talked to Stan for a couple sec, Stan mm-hmm. Lee for a couple seconds. We talked to. When you say Stan, I think people know. You never know. Uh, a couple uh, like Stan a mem- Chan who works on uh, <laughs> web design. Not Stan Chan, Stan yeah. Lee, uh, a, a member of the Giants, um, and we also talked with Brian Crosby, who's on our mm. uh, themed entertainment side. We had some really cool conversations. He's in the office this week. Nothing I can reveal yet, but we had some good talks about stuff coming in the future, and it's really cool plans, really cool things happening cool. all around the board. Pretty cool. So I'm very excited for that. Uh, also excited for you guys to hear from Stromy and the Wolfman. Who's not excited? Uh, let's kick it over to them, and then we'll be back with Twim URC. Psych! Uh, before we go to Stromy and the Wolfman, reminder, y'all can reach us using hashtag ThisWeekInMarvel on the Twitter, or you can uh, send us an email, twimpodcast at marvel.com. We sure do love to read them. Yeah, we do. The whole team actually gets all the emails. Yeah, uh, and they love it. Yeah. Although no one's ever said anything to me. No, it's weird. Yeah. Very but I love reading them. I love reading them. They're awesome. So, guys, send us email. And... All right. Now, for realsies, Stromy and the Wolfman. It's the West Coast, 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 baby. Yeah. Hello there. This week in Marvelites, this is Marvel.com editor Mark Strom, joined by... 
Marvel.com assistant editor Patrick Cavanaugh. For another thrilling installment of... <laughs> Very fine, Patrick. For another thrilling installment of Stromy and the Wolfman Show, starring... Starring the Wolfman... It's a thing that just says ham. The Wolfman. Ham. And wait, just say, just say wolf. Wolf. Ham. And oh. Strummy. Ham. Uh, that is some soundboard app you, that you Patrick. Wanna, you want to know what all of the listeners are doing right now? <laughs> Uh, let, let's just no keep it out keep oh, it out we're gonna use this the entire time uh all right anyway what we got going on this week we had some marvel's agents of shield news we announced that jason omara will be playing jason omara will be playing <laughs> will be playing the new director on the series we did not say that character's did name did we say the show marvel's agents of shield right. uh he'll be playing the new director and um, that new director's name is That was Patrick bleeping out me saying oh, right. the new director's name. Anyway, G- actor Jason O'Mara, he is joining the series. We also released sort of the first details, the first uh, synopsis of season four, um, which explained that you know Coulson had to sort of step down because the president is looking to bring uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. back into the light, out of the shadows, uh, and also teased... Uh, Robbie Reyes, Ghost Rider's role in the series. Will he be friend? Will he be foe? Will he be... Will he be ham? Will he be ham? Um, are those the only, like, There's only, one? like, six. That's it? <laughs> that, by the way, was not Mark Strom. <laughs> Believe it or not. That sounds like me when I'm, like, 70 years old. Yeah, I'm the creepy uncle. Sure. I mean, you are already an uncle. Oh, God, Therefore, I, I, I you are uncle. already I, a creepy I already, uncle. Yeah. Oh, God, that my poor nephew. Um, and what else we got going on? We have those two things. Oh, we're announcing uh, our next Twim URC. It is a Wolfman. <laughs> it's a That's wolf... like the Inception. <laughs> it, it really is. It's, the wolf... it's a Wolfman special request. We are doing... Legion. You're supposed to do it in between every word. Oh. Legion. Oh, okay, I get, I get it. Legion of monsters. Uh, we're doing Legion of Monsters, the series uh, from I don't know six or seven years ago, eight years ago, by Dennis Hopeless and Wando. Uh, and in addition to that, in honor of the Wolfman, we're doing the Legion of Monsters Werewolf by Night one-shot. That was by Mike Carey and Greg Land. <laughs> what are you doing? I th- I Trying think to keep you on your toes. I think Greg Land at least did the cover. I don't know if he did the interiors. Mike Carey wrote it, I think. I don't know. I I actually haven't read it yet or seen it. But it's Werewolf by Night, and it's on Marvel Unlimited. So there you go, Patrick. Yay. 
What what do you got to talk about? Nothing. What's going hear, on with the animation? You're going to hear all about it in just a few moments. Will we? Probably. Will we? Tune in this Sunday at 8.30 a.m. on Disney XD for a brand new episode of Marvel's Avengers Ultron Revolution. All right. Do that. Um, as always, uh, thank you for listening. Have a splendiferous weekend, splendiferous or a week. Uh, we'll talk to you again seven more days. And... And as always, I apologize for the Wolfman. Hello out there. This week in Marvel, this is Marvel.com assistant editor Patrick Cavanaugh. What? Patrick Cavanaugh. I'm already forgetting how to say my own name. Uh, we are here to this talk. This new Patrick Cavanaugh actor can't seem to get it together. <laughs> can't get it together. Uh, this is Marvel.com assistant editor Patrick Cavanaugh. Uh, Patrick Cavanaugh. That a question, though. If you ever left the company, would they just hire someone else to be Patrick Cavanaugh? Maybe. I'd like to be that. Can I be that? <laughs> what do you ah, mean? this is Patrick Cavanaugh. Ah, this is Patrick Cavanaugh. This is a lot of weird hypotheticals. Is this an open casting call? <laughs> yeah. Of if I left the company. That's really strange. Uh, and I am here with... Stephen Wacker, the uh, vice president of development and current animation. Wow, I knew. Wow, I didn't know that. Well, as Marsha Griffin, director of Not Vice President. Not Vice President of Production and Animation and Steve. I am current animation. Uh and apparently to my Mary. And I will take that. I will absolutely take that. I will totally take that. Uh and apparently I work for Steve Wacker. I just found that out. And this week we are joined by Eugene's son. Also not what? Not a vice president. Not a vice not president. A I have that on my business card. It says not uh, a vice Eugene president. is one of the co-story editors for uh, Avengers Season 3, along with Danielle Wolf, who could not be here today. Um, and Eugene is here because we're talking about an episode that is special not only to his heart, but to his brain. And to his wallet, because he got and paid it's to write be it. a big one for Marvel fans throughout the <laughs> yes, world. because you wrote this one. Yeah. So we got paid for it. So uh, we've got a brand new episode of Marvel's Avengers Ultron Revolution. Uh, this is capping off a three-episode arc involving the Inhumans. So, uh, uh, Eugene, what can you tell us about what's going to happen this week? We see the culmination in the, that last episode. We saw the Terrigen Wave uh, with big consequences for the Marvel Universe. Uh, those who follow the course, follow the Marvel comics have already ex- experienced what ter- the Terrigen did to the, the, its effect on the Marvel Universe, but now we've introduced it into the animated universe, uh, and we get to see the effects of the Terrigen and how it creates new heroes, and we get to spotlight one of our new heroes, one of the more popular superheroes to come out of Marvel Comics, at, or you know, to infiltrate pop culture in the past couple of years, uh, co-created by one of the very people in this room. Uh, and that would be... Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> Kamala Khan, Ms. Marvel. <laughs> oh, oh, uh, uh. Are you guys hearing that? Eugene, is there something wrong? Some tinnitus or something. Anyways, go ahead. So, uh, yeah, it's Ms. Marvel's uh, debut. Um, the, uh, we've definitely taken our lead from what uh, is certainly a comic series close to my heart. Um, uh, uh, by uh, uh, Willow 
Oh my god. Can we edit this part? G Willow Wilson. I know Willow. You got the Willow part. So uh, that would be written by G Willow Wilson. Um, Anyway, so it's Ms. Marvel's uh, long awaited appearance. Um, uh, Kat Kavari is the actress that plays her. um, And she's just absolutely. Perfect and joyous in the role, and I, I hope we do justice to uh, the fantastic comics that we all love so much. Marsha, what are your what are your thoughts? Uh, I'm really excited. First in general, all, what are your thoughts? What are my thoughts? Uh, global warming is real. That's my thoughts. Tough for debate, but I appre- I can respect all your right. opinion. Uh, now, thrilled, thrilled to be part of uh, introducing. Uh, Ms. Marvel, Kamala Khan, to the animation universe. I think it's fantastic for everybody. It's not just a, you know, it's not just a girl property. It's an everybody property. So I think it's amazing that we're we're doing it here. And I think that Eugene and uh, the whole team has done a great job from the writing to the production, to her, to the to the artwork. Everything is fantastic. So I think people are really going to be excited about this. And Eugene. Uh, just kind of a little bit about the development of uh, not just this arc, but also just this specific story. Uh, did you know like this was going to be an opportunity to introduce her, or did you have to kind of pitch that and get approvals? Um, like everyone else, we were geeked when we started reading the Miss Marvel comic when it came out. Everybody here was really, really excited about this character. Wow, we've we've got to we've got to find some way to use this character and. Sure enough, every, there was a lot of excitement all the way through. Everyone we talked to was like, "Oh yeah, we got to find the right story to tell her." You know, we've we've got to absolutely tell. Her. And as the character blew up in the comics and her popularity exploded, it was like, you know, th- then this pressure started to build. Like, oh, okay, well, we better do it right because this can't just be, hey, let's just you know toss her in a story. We'll guest we'll guest star her on something, and then that'll be the end of it. No, this is a really character that a lot of everybody has embraced. It felt like a, a lot- big responsibility. Yes, it, it absolutely really did. did. Yeah. Um, so and with great power comes great responsibility. So. Of course. I'm not familiar I, with that. No. No, I'm not. It's a fantastic core thing. <laughs> okay. the, I think the, the Willow and Adrian uh, and Sana's work editing on the comic, I think, feels very special to everybody. And we try to be careful with all of our characters that we bring over in animation, but this one in particular, I think, really struck a chord with people. Um, it was the right place, right time, you know, the right kind of character. And uh, Eugene, along with Danny, I think, really were wanting to capture the spirit that comes out of the comic book. And we were also really blessed, just timing-wise, and Steve was in New York and was there, right on the boots on the ground with developing this character and introducing this character and, and seeing you know everyone's reaction to her. And then Steve being out here now in animation, he was right here with us saying, okay, I'm, he was right here with every step of the way to make sure this character was treated right, was done right, exactly the way that, that, you know, that, that people expect and people want to see from this great character. So when it came to time to actually tell the story, we knew we were gonna do the Inhumans, and we knew we wanted, and we wanted to get to Miss Marvel, and it seemed to make sense. And then this season, we've had consultants on the show, specifically Mark Wade and Tom Brevoort. And in that summit, Mark Wade was there, and he was very, very helpful because you know, with because he had all these ideas with Miss Marvel that, of course, he's using in the in the uh, only all different Avengers comic he's right. Um, ha- and having him there, we 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 you know, we were all involved in coming up with the story, and we we. Uh, it felt like a we needed something a great story to tell her in. We needed to introduce her to the audience that knew her. We wanted to you know to service the fans who know who she is, and and you know give her a great story to kick her off. And we we felt like we we found it uh, in this one. And uh, d- 
you know, this is her her animated debut. Uh, will we see her pop up possibly later on yes. in the season? Absolutely. Yeah, she's a big part of the plans going forward, along with all the new characters we're going to see in the coming weeks. Like Captain Marvel, uh, the Vision will be coming up. We're bringing Ant Man back. Black Panther. Yeah, yeah. These characters that we'll introduce, like Miss Marvel in this one, we will see later at the end of the season, and then we are allowed to talk about it now because we announced it at Comic Con. Yeah, yeah. That next season they will be a big part of the team. Very cool. Yeah, and you're sort of as the season. We're about halfway, almost halfway through, and you'll start seeing how why Eugene and Danny laid out the season the way they did and why these characters are coming up now and they play a big part in Civil War at the end of the year. Um, so I think a lot of pieces are going to start falling into place for people who are following closely. Great. Uh, well, that's going to be airing this Sunday at 8.30 a.m. on Disney XD, this brand new episode of Marvel's Avengers Ultron Revolution. Uh, anything else you guys would like to... I don't know anything else. I don't know anything else, Patrick. Patrick? I'm ge- I'm getting gestured to. Uh, you know, we mentioned that there was the three episode arc, and speaking of th- three, this is the third to last time that I'll be sitting down to chat. What? What? <laughs> I'll just that's let that how, resonate. That came from my bit. heart. That actually was not a sound effect. That yeah. came from my heart. <laughs> <laughs> Three to go, huh? Three to go. Well, now uh, we're wrapping up, so it'll be two to go. Wow. I'm not going wow. to do the sound again. Go get your letters in to Patrick. Get your letters get your in. Get right. comments in. Talk about it. Savor every second. Yeah. Get the go, get the GoFundMe going right. for uh, Bruce Springsteen to actually show up and oh, appear. Oh, I'd love it. If only. Uh, for the last episode. <laughs> for the last episode. That's... Excuse me, is this the Marvel podcast? <laughs> I think he's here now. Oh, <laughs> what, what timing? Oh, man, I did not see that coming. I did. Not. Hey, look at that! It's Eugene's son. Boom! <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Well, how, how many seasons have there been, Bruce, of Marvel's Avengers Assemble? Boom! Who? Who? Oh, that's right. That's right. Coming up four. Oh boy! Well, cancel the GoFundMe. We got Bruce to show up. Uh, I don't know why I'm going to do two more weeks of this because there's nowhere to go from there. Bruce is making me hoarse. So yes, ladies and gentlemen, make sure to cartoon in this Sunday on Disney XD at 8.30 for that brand new episode of Marvel's Avengers Ultron Revolution. Bye, everybody. And we're back. We're back. Right. Oh, man. What a great show so far. Yeah, it is been a whiz-bang. This has been one of our best ones in a long time. Thrilla in Manila Re- type episode. You tell them, George Foreman. Yeah. <laughs> By my grill. By my grill. By my grill. All my kids are named George. That's good. That's a very good right? George Foreman. Spot on. All right. Well, we got This Week in Marvel Unlimited Reading Club, and our selection this week was Age of the Century. And we are delighted to welcome back to the show the great... The luminary, the luminous Jordan D. White, who worked on this book as well as many others. Jordan, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. Isn't it a pleasure it to have Jordan? Totally. Are, are you or are you not trying to outdo Brevort in terms of being on this show? 
Oh, I didn't know that that was a thing, but now I He's am. been on many yeah. times. Well, can you count them all for me and then tell me how many I have to go? We're just going to decide if we're it's just, worth it. We're just going <laughs> to nope. keep We're just going to nope. keep doing Twim URCs with books Jordan's edited. <laughs> there you go. This is I'll no longer like our favorite books. It's just a retrospect a long form yeah. retrospective of your career yeah. from start to finish, from Exiles to X-Force. As from Exiles to Exiles. X-Force sounds like the yeah. great title of a book. Oh. Uh, yeah, you can read all of the the uh, Ender's Game books I, I edited. Yeah, you can read Ant Man and Wasp uh, that I yeah. edited. You can read. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of other early things I worked on. Uh, well, the, let's talk about one of your earliest things, and that's please. Age of the Century. Oh, good idea. So, where did the idea uh, the Century? By the time Age of the Century come around, the Century, of course, the conceit is he was this big, powerful superhero that everybody had forgotten about. Mm-hmm. And he was remembered at some point. Where did the idea come to do kind of these retro adventures of the century? Well, before you even get to that, I will. I, I, I should. We should set it up a little bit more sure. because I think um, a lot of people who listen may know. Oh, the century was in New Avengers. He right. was in Avengers. He did this whole stuff, but he was established. What was that like? Two thousand one, something like that. In the Marvel Knights era, mm-hmm. and it was. Basically, it was a wizard hoax. Yes, it was a a wizard hoax. It was a hoax. And it was a feature in Wizard that was like, look, we found this... uh, Undiscovered Silver Age Marvel classic. Like, this is a character that was created, but he was on the cutting room floor. Like, I think they got Stan to play along, and yep. Stan said he created him and stuff. Yep. Yeah. yeah, So they and they, they had this whole... Who was the artist? Do we remember? On the original? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. We had to look uh, what up. the I original century... Like the, hoax stuff, like yeah. who created those sketches? Because it was credited. I don't it was credited who to someone. Design, but the credit was to the to a fake person, I think. Oh, really? I'm pretty sure oh, okay. the credit was to a fake person. Okay. Um, but so they they did that, and everybody was like, "Whoa!" Yeah, because it was like, yeah, because it was like, okay, I created Spider-Man, I created uh, Thor, I, and then before I created the Hulk, I created the Sentry, but he wasn't for whatever reason used. Yeah. So it seemed like a real deal thing. Thank you for reminding me of that. Yeah, no, I, I think that was important. And then so the, it was quickly revealed. Yeah. And then the story of the original Sentry run was that they they made that what the story was about in World as well. That the Sentry is this superhero that everyone has forgotten for some reason. Yep. Right. And he's like, he gets he starts remembering. Wait, no, I was around and I met Spider Man and I. I hung out with the Hulk and I helped the X Men and I, and they're all like I don't remember that he had a great relationship with the Hulk and this mm-hmm. was yeah uh, Paul Jenkins Jay Lee mm-hmm. um, I apologize I don't have it in front of me with the rest of the creative team and it was just it was a really standout mm-hmm. limited series absolutely um, it was really really good so then what happened was the Century laid after his initial series laid dormant for a little bit for a few years Brian Michael Bendis picked him up and used him in. New Avengers, and suddenly we have this new kind of top-flight, very powerful hero to use along the Avengers. And then at some point while he was in the Avengers, that's when you guys came up with the idea to do Age of the Century. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it, it all goes back to that original uh, Jenkins and Lee story because, again, when they would reveal that, oh, yeah, the, the Century hung out with Spider-Man and he hung out with that, the X-Men and stuff, they would do quick flashbacks or when they did his origin they would mm-hmm. do quick flashback panels that Jay Lee would draw in older retro style right the style of a silver age artist right so as though there were these old comics the whole time uh, and everybody's forgotten those comics and I, I mean I'm a fan of old comics too I, mm-hmm. I used to read them and at the time 
when we came up with this, I was reading a lot of Silver Age Superman, mm. which is, if you don't know Silver Age Superman comics, they're ridiculous and yeah. wonderful and so playful in, in how absurd they are. Um, and so it was at one of the Marvel retreats, uh, I was drawing pictures of the Sentry, and I was just like, wouldn't it be great if we could just do old Sentry comics and yeah. say, these are the comics that you forgot. Yeah. Uh, and I talked to Mark Panisha about it, and we put in a pitch, and astoundingly, it was approved. <laughs> <laughs> so Jeff Parker wrote it. Mm-hmm. Nick well, Dragota does. He co-wrote it. Co-wrote Jeff it. Parker and Paul Tobin. Okay. Well, the, the main sort of the main right. through thread is the is the stuff that Jeff did. Right. Yeah. yeah. Jeff. Jeff. Because each issue, except for the last issue, has two stories. Right. One by Jeff. One by Paul. And uh, Jeff and yeah, like you said, Nick Dragota um, did the main story uh, every issue. But the, the 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 other stories are also crazy and fun, yeah. and lend them lend you know lend fun to the to the absurdity of it all. Do you have the letters pages in there? Uh, I didn't see them when I was reading. Yeah. Oh, no. I don't think we have the letters pages in there. That's such a bummer. I yeah. should talk to the people and try to get them added because the letters pages, while not like essential to the story, <laughs> um, are fake. Because there were no comics to write about right. before this, so we wrote. I wrote all these letters <laughs> about and then answered, and you answered and your answered own letters about because they were all about comics that don't exist. Oh my god, that's hilarious! Well, yeah, oh, they do have them in there. Yeah, all right, a, there they are. This is what issue five, four or five. Yeah, I I don't think they're in every issue though. No, no. I think okay. so. This one, like I looked at, it, I was like Little Billy Roseman. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that one was great. And then Eli Ang. And I was like, oh, the double E's. Yep, yep, that was super yep. fun. Ethel Eccleston. And we put in, at the bottom, the the, uh, the the coupon to join the MMMS, the Mary Marvel Marching Society, from the old comics. Yep. And some people actually cut them out of their comics oh, and no. sent them into us. That's <laughs> so great. One of my favorite things about Age of the Century is that you've got Century, but you guys just went whole hog on creating like a world for him oh, yeah. within the Marvel Universe. Like You could have very easily just populated with like, Here's the Fantastic Four. Here's the Hulk. But then you also have, you know, here's Harold Ugar, the caveman of Wall Street. <laughs> so, oh, my I love favorite. Him so much. And Jeff Parker is amazing. And that was very much, as you were saying, Silver Age Superman, kind of mm-hmm. having all these like wacky characters and stuff. How did you how did you guys come up with all the original characters to populate? I mean, a lot of it is just how much imagination Jeff Parker poured mm-hmm. into that. Um, I remember when we were, t- oh God, when, when he s- said to us or, or sent in, t- turned in the script, <coughs> pardon me, when he turned in the script where, where it says that he's an encyclopedia investigator. That was amazing. <laughs> that was, was that so, not in the original? No, no, of okay. course not. It's absurd. <laughs> <laughs> um, he investigates and updates encyclopedia entries. Yeah. He just, he just had so many great ideas like that. Harold Ugar was one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the whole cranio, the man with the three-level mind, with yep. the tri-level mind, who's always three steps ahead. Yeah. Oh. Um, that was a terrific, terrific addition. Um, I know, I know, I definitely contributed the idea that Carol Danvers is the centrist. Yeah. Um, and that was mostly based on the fact that she has that costume that looks the same as the Sentry's costume. Yeah. And I was always like, why does she even have that? It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and so we went, we'll explain it by saying she used to be the Sentry's. <laughs> yeah. And that's why she has that costume. Uh, for some reason, they don't ever talk about that in the new Captain Marvel series. Yeah, I don't know why. We, know, we should bring right that back. We should get that, that up. Get Definitely that put in. We should. Get a Times Pass issue with the Sentry's. And what's her name? What's the name of her? her, uh, her Lolly? Her, Lolly. Yes, Lolly. Yeah, Lolly. <laughs> and I was like, is that... 
Is that something from like an early seventies Captain Marvel? I no, don't it's, no. it's a reference to uh, old Wonder Woman. Yeah. Oh, uh, right, right. I know. That. Yes, yeah. and I can't. <laughs> Damn it! It's okay. Oh man, you'll you'll get it one of oh, these days. Boy. Oh, and the the uh, the idea. I think it was my suggestion. I'm, I'm, I hope I'm not stealing somebody else's idea. I think it was my suggestion to have the Sentry uh, join the Guardians of the Galaxy mm-hmm. uh, in the future, which was way fun. Yeah. Oh, also, you know what? I actually wrote a one-page comic in here. Oh, did you? I did. The one-page uh, fruit pie ad. Oh yeah. Was mine. Uh, I don't even remember which issue was that in. Uh, ooh, which issue is that? I think in? it was in one of the last three. I think it might be issue five. Yeah. It, there's a one-page uh, fruit pie Marvel fruit pie story about uh, where he uses fruit pie to defeat Cranio. Oh no, it must not be in that one. Uh. I, I love maybe it, maybe it's in five. Well, before we get any further, yes. I love there's the uh, oh the eternal one the eternal one who's just Wolverine. <laughs> yeah, uh, you've got Destroyer. Yeah, who's here as part of this? I love this uh, the duplicate gentleman, like these guys. And I was like, wait, I legitimately had to be like, are, are these actors? Yeah, you don't know. They are now. I, I don't. <laughs> yeah, they are. Is this who? who the, what is her name? Sun Girl. I was like, that's definitely a Legion of Superheroes character. No, Sun Girl no. is a Marvel character. And I, I realize mm. that now, but I was like, uh, I, it was so pitch perfect. Yeah. I was so excited. Yeah, that's Boy the Guardians Blob. of the Galaxy one. That's Paul Tobin, right? Yes, yeah. Yes. Paul Tobin. And I love, I adore Paul. And like the right, the artists you guys got on those too, like Ramon Rosanis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. This is the first time I ever worked with Ramon Rosanis, and he was amazing. No, Colleen so Coover did one of them. Um, Colleen did so one. Good. Yeah, she did the one with um, Millie the Model. Yep, the yeah. Millie the Model one, which was great. Uh, uh, Mike, uh, Michael Cho did one. Yep, yes. he did. Who, you know, he did. Who's done a lot of great covers for us recently. He yeah. did the uh, the Century's birthday party issue. Yeah. Uh, which was great. And it, that, like, disturbed me. That part when he starts <laughs> freaking out. Yeah. And then there's the two Furies, and it's just, like, yeah. really weird. Mm-hmm. That was great. Where I was going to ask about that. Where did the idea to do those kind of, like, breaks come in to make it not just that a was straight... Jeff. You know, he that wanted was to all that. Jeff. And, and, and again, it it just it, it worked so well. Mm-hmm. Um, where, where is the fruit pie at? I don't know what it was. Jordan, did you they imagine might, this fruit pie ad? They may, like... And putting this together on Unlimited may thought have thought it was that a real that was an ad and pulled it, yeah, that's oh, definitely which would be bonkers. That, um, that, that, that better not be the case. Did, did who created the crickets? Uh, that was Paul. Paul, I think uh, that was Paul. Yeah, I loved it because it was just it was it's so great, it's so fun. Um, oh, here's a here's a behind the scenes secret. That's what we're looking for, Jordan. Uh, there's an issue with um, oh, I've just forgotten his name. We have a celebrity uh, writer. What's his name? Uh, Truman, Truman Capote. Capote. Yeah, yes. Truman Capote is in, is in the issue. Yeah. yeah. So originally, we had pitched a different uh, celebrity. Okay. This was around the time that Marvel was making a deal for Stephen Colbert to appear okay. in the comic book. And we went, oh, we would love to have him appear. And we submitted the idea, but basically everybody went, this whole it takes place in the past <laughs> it makes no sense and we it's too confusing yeah and people we went okay well that's sad I, I get it we understand I guess we'll go went. with Truman Capote so we, we, we went with Truman Capote instead yeah. but that the, was originally next, meant to be the next closest logical Stephen pick Colbert. after Stephen that's Colbert that's obviously where you go <laughs> yeah you that's go where you go Colbert, you go Colbert Capote. to Capote yeah <laughs> the two titans they're of so similar yeah, yeah. yeah. They basically yeah. Done the we same didn't thing. have to change a single word no that's obviously false yeah um, wow. I'm just like going through all these real quick again. 
Uh, it's just so fun. I love like Manu. The, yeah, Manu. Manu. Uh, who's great? What was this dude's name? Warlou. Warlou. Warlou and Manu. Yeah. Sentry and love, Lily the model. Love the Lindy. I love the. I, I love because it was so Silver Age. I think it was either the first or second issue where Lindy Lee learns his secret identity, mm-hmm. and then at the end they're just like, "Well, we'll have to wipe her mind." Yeah. And they're just and she's like horrified, and yeah. they're all just like, "Ah ha ha ha!" Yep, silly woman. That's how it goes back in the Silver Age. That was so Silver Age. There were so many things that were so Silver Age. Yeah, it it uh, it's so much fun. Yeah, because the first issue is where they go back in time and they right. see her his origin. Right. Yeah, that's where. Oh, and there's also, we should mention, there's a frame story. And that was one of the things that was was said to us about this was you can't, they said, don't just do straight up old comics. There Mm -hmm. should be something about the present and about what is really going on. And so so that was like, oh, that's an interesting idea. So we we did the, uh, the frame story, which is all about... That this is Reed Richards talking to uh, his son Franklin and mm-hmm. reading him old comics, and then the last issue is him theorizing what might have happened to the Sentry. Uh, which w- one of the things that's interesting about the Sentry is basically every time he's appeared, his origin changes. Mm-hmm. Like every time he appears, like there's new theories of where he came from or what what exactly his relationship with the the Void is and how it works. And so, yeah, Jeff came up with a really interesting take on it for the, the last issue, The Death of the Century, mm-hmm. which I think is really neat. Um, yeah, I, I think I need to reread the sixth issue, even though I read it yesterday. It's <laughs> very wordy, I will say. Some people have complained that it was, had too much talkiness. Who are these people? You know, people on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, um, just this Destroyer Dark Mask dude... Yeah, uh, we could we could bring any of these guys back. The design work, the design terrific. Yeah, the design work that Nick Dragata does is incredible. Honestly, bringing Cranio back would be amazing. Yes, his brains did fall out in this issue, but I mean, whatever. 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 You, you, you get him three new brains. I've seen, fine. I've seen worse. <laughs> I've seen far worse. I mean, it's oh, you're right, uh, and and I, I. If if uh, if if the writers of Captain Marvel are listening, we, everybody would love a centrist reference. You yeah. know we would. Yeah. Just to just have Sentry show up. Do you feel like this is kind of getting outside the book and just talking about the Sentry as a character? I feel like eventually, you know, when the Sentry was done away with during Siege, it was mm-hmm. kind of with the idea that well, he's just too powerful. We can't fit him into our universe. Um, do you buy into that, or do you think there was a good way to use the Sentry? I mean, he is. Once once you get to the reveal of him being, you know, really crazy and unstable and possibly also being his own arch, en- arch mm-hmm. enemy, it, it is hard to use him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so I can understand that the idea of, like, saying, well, he's a bit complicated. Let's not necessarily keep him around. That said, again, like you said, Brian did some fun stuff with him mm-hmm. in that time. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what you what you do. Yeah, you know, I, just I mean, more age of the century stuff. Yeah, well, I mean, I'd love great. to do that. Absolutely. Oh, be can great I tell ongoing. You, we absolutely. Sad, sad part of the podcast. This book did not sell. Mm. <laughs> this book did not sell. Yeah, um, and that makes me weep every day. But we had all sorts of plans. We were like, we can do the seventies century called like the cosmic age of the century, mm-hmm. and the ninety or the eighties <sighs> one was I think the dark age of the century, and then this the, one's so good. What was the what was the nineties one? I don't remember. And then I, then one was called. Would he t- have had a ponytail in nineties? <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. to leather jacket. Ponytail, leather, leather jacket, jacket sleeveless leather jacket with spikes. With spikes. <laughs> yes. Spikes, then, no sleeves. And right. then we could have. Then we and then the, the for when the 
the year 2000 comes, that was called, of course, the turn of the century. Oh, oh Jordan. Boy. This is the greatest miss of your career. Boy, oh, boy. But, well, what I can say is, if you do like the idea of doing old comics, mm -hmm. you, you, you may or may not know that I, we do this in Deadpool as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that and that's the same. That's love the of legacy of Age of the Century. Yeah, is that I now get to do them in, and 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 sometimes even more so because some of the things we we did in this we we wouldn't always be able to get away with things like some of the comics. Let me say, like I don't know if if it, if we went as far coloring wise, let's say, mm. in making them look old. We definitely no, you guys no. definitely. There's like one page. The first page of this one is offset a little bit. Is offset yeah. a little bit, which I was like, oh, that's cool. I wish there was a little bit more of that, but I can see at the same time why. You wouldn't do that, right? People got people definitely got weirded out by it. Yeah, like the I think I think I don't know about that page, but earlier in the series, the printer called us and said, "Hey, hey. Is, is something <laughs> wrong with this?" And we had to go, "No, no, no, no it's on purpose." Whereas uh, in the Deadpool books, we push that a lot further. And in fact, in the Deadpool books, we also make the pages look textured, so, so they look like an old paper. There's as well. no reason we couldn't see Cranio in a retro issue of Deadpool. There's no reason we couldn't see Cranio in a modern issue of Deadpool. That's that's a good point. Like, what Deadpool is he doing though. nowadays? I'll I talk. Know. I'll talk to the Deadpool editor. All right, Heather. No, no, I'm the Deadpool editor. Oh, or again, there's no reason we can't see the Sentry. Or I'm sorry, let's try it again. There's no reason we can't see Cranio as in a giant arc of Avengers. Yeah, true. Or the next big event. Sky's the limit. He could be the next big event. Is it? What if he's actually an Inhuman? Oh my God. And then he is the big piece in the middle of. Uh, Inhumans versus X-Men. That could be it. That might be the, the secret right The Inhuman secret weapon. Yeah. They've been holding back all this time. <laughs> They're always three steps ahead. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Because of him. Mm. Uh, Ryan is dancing now. He's I'm so very excited. excited. And I love, like, the way... I just keep going back to this, the birthday story, because it... Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I it's almost so cursed creepy. by there, because it tripped me It out. is creepy. And, like, when things just slightly change, and then it's like, there's one part where Sentry's got the long hair, and he's mm -hmm. like... What is happening? Like the floor drops out. They're just out yelling, from "Blow them. out your candles! Blow out your candles!" Yeah, it becomes so disturbing. It's great. Yeah, it's, I it's love it great. so much. It's stuff. Uh, the corgi, is that a corgi? Oh, uh, yeah, the kind of dog. Uh, yeah, yeah, I why? Because is it even the same dog that's in the original Century Watchdog? I think the dog Watch changes. Watchdog yeah. is the name of the dog in that story. Yeah, I think it, it's multiple. Don't disrespect him by just calling him some dog. Yeah. his name is Watchdog. Dog with a cape that eats the food and gives the things. Fair so enough. Wait, so what is it? Okay. Uh, so Sentry's name. Oh my God, I can't remember the names now. Sentry's name. Sentry's name. Rob is, Reynolds. Yeah, Robert Reynolds. Yep. And he is the an investigator of encyclopedia entries. His sidekick. At Excelsior Encyclopedia. Excelsior Encyclopedia. Because those. I love the EE thing too. Yep. Because yeah. So that it, was. Yeah. Get to the EE thing. A little bit. So, like, I like how, how you, you commanded that. You're like, Please. get to the yeah. thing. Because I, I like that. Guy. If, if for those, we're, we want you to read it if you haven't already, but I, we, I think a lot of our listeners may not have gotten to this yet. I'm pretty sure now his girlfriend's name is Linda Lee. Lindy yeah. Lee. Lindy Lee, sorry. Yeah. And so that was a, I think this was a twist that Jeff threw in because obviously, again, I hope I'm not getting us any trouble to say Superman no. is an no. inspiration for this. Yeah. Superman obviously has a lot of LLs, mm -hmm. and Lindy Lee obviously is another LL, but Jeff went, you know what, I'm going to just turn it on its head yeah. a little bit and say it's the EE -E at the end of her name that is the... the oh, is the part I didn't get that initially. Is the, that's the Lee. Yeah. And so then he expanded that into more EEs, and then, of course, it became, because it's from another universe, it shifted over a little bit, mm -hmm. and it's really a DD, mm. which is Destroyer Dark Mass. It's very strange. 
very strange stuff. The way Jeff Parker's mind works. And then, oh, so then his sidekick is named Scout. But what is what is Scout's Scout's real name? I don't remember. But he sells custard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a great line in here too. It's like I've got to go get a custard. Yeah. And I think Lindy's like, I, I don't know how issue. you aren't so yeah, heavy. How you're not big. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. And then oh, constantly boy. getting custards. Oh, this was a good time. This it was really a good read. Fun. It really is fun. Thank so, you for this, Jordan. Silver Age, Silver Age comics had a real, uh, well, especially Silver Age DC comics because yeah. Silver Age Marvel comics they're pretty serious. They, yeah, that was what made them different. Like right. they, they became like, oh, you know, these are characters with problems and you know emotions and real. Give them a little more stain power. They're a yeah. little more timeless. Um, but but those DC ones have a kind of a charm just for their in their innocence mm-hmm. and in their. In the fact that so many of the stories are about Superman just protecting his identity or, you know, all sorts of ridiculous things like that. So I mean, this is all to say we're much better than DC at everything. But, well, yes, their childlike <laughs> stories are wonderful to, for children. I mean, I just didn't want to lose the main thread of, course, of how of course. we feel here at Marvel. Oh, also, what, what, uh, Golden Age Century with his gun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. like regular sectors like what is what? <laughs> Why are you shooting? It's great. Because they're not even from the same time. Nope. They're not even from the same and time. That's, and nope. that's one of my favorite things is the idea of golden age characters who d- didn't exist. I have a I have a sketchbook of that which is I have golden age Deadpool and golden oh, really? age Mysterio. I just go to artists and I say, "Can you draw like Deadpool as if he were in the golden age?" I had Riley Brown do that one. Oh, that's awesome. Um, oh, I'd love to I could do more of that. I love the idea of creating Golden Age characters. Well, because Ryan and I, there's that poster with all the characters on it, and there's this – it's the old one that Ed Hannigan did, and uh, it's hanging up. It used to be hanging up in our office at the old building. There's one character we cannot for the life of us figure out who it is, but he has like this – he or she has this big gold dome head, so we just decided that's Golden Age Mysterio. <laughs> Even though that poster is alphabetical. Mm-hmm. And, and it so it doesn't make any Golden sense. Oh, the one, the one right over yeah, here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the okay. handbook oh, yeah. poster. Yeah, I mean, you know you could ask Tom. Oh, we could find okay. it out. Okay. I don't want to know. <laughs> That's I don't want to know. Point. Yeah, the point is that will always be Golden Age Mysterio to me. I think, wait, I think I've seen this character, and I think I might have asked Tom. I think he's, his name starts with a Q. Well, let's – No, he's way at the top. Oh, he's way at the top? Top corner. I'm of somebody else. Top corner. He's not Quasimodo. Oh, I know who Quasimodo Wow. Uh, Look at the disdain there. Uh, I know who D-list villain Quasimodo he's is. He's going to be in a comic book that I'm editing. What? Oh, congratulations. That's great. Congratulations <laughs> we, we, to Quasimodo. We did it. We did it. Quasimodo uh, is back get better Men than bot? ever. In one? Oh, how but, ridiculous is that? Uh, it looks like they're, they're crooners. Yeah, yeah, they do look like that. I, well, you know what? They sort of look like they might be uh, uh, Martin and Lewis. Oh, they, okay. I could be wrong. How much work did Nick Dragota have to do to alter his style here? I mean, it's not—he's not far off, but he does make little touches here and there that are. I mean, great. yeah, he—I mean, he definitely leaned heavily into the the golden age of it. Uh, mm-hmm. or, or, sorry, silver, silver age. age of it, and and did. Um, oh, you know what? I actually own one page of of this book. Uh, it's from the Centris issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's the one where she's like like sunbathing mm-hmm. while they're. Uh, they're a giant lobster attacks. Yeah, <laughs> as one does, um, as you do. Yeah, uh, no, not this one. There was yeah, the second time she shows up. Yeah, it must be yeah. the next time. Maybe. Or is she in this one? I don't think she's in this one. Oh, yeah. This, this yeah, is, yeah, yeah. I know this is riveting radio. This is the one with uh, oh, yeah, Ursus, yeah. Uh, Josh. Yeah, Ursus the Ultra Bear, and uh, 
Oh my god! There's there are there seriously are so many characters in this. It's also that's the best part of it. And I'm so glad. Again, I'm so glad that you guys are doing this because shine a light on it. And the fact that it's on Marvel Unlimited makes me really happy Mm because, like I said, it was very hard to get the collection of it. Um, It uh, because I think it was only sold in the on the direct market, the collected edition. It was not available in bookstores. That's not. Weird. It That's was a strange weird. choice. So that meant you couldn't get it on Amazon or you couldn't get it any, anything like that. You could only get it if your comic shop ordered it, and comic shops didn't. That's the page. There it is. Yeah. That's the page. <laughs> with with the robot sentry having yes. gotten food thrown on his face. Yeah. Yeah, and then Carol is, like, laying there seductively on <laughs> yep. this giant lobster. It's so weird. Amazing. I love it. It's amazing stuff. Yeah, it's a great one. So, All right, do we want to get to uh, reader comments? Sure, we got a couple. Yeah, we got some comments from the readers let's share them with jordan we got brad Schuff, who i don't think we've ever had before we have uh okay welcome back brad the chef brad the chef. chef digging into the age of the century for twin urc my only previous exposure to this character is through marvel puzzle quest huh. shattered oh. sun yeah i forgot that he's in marvel puzzle he'll, quest. he'll show up in random places he showed right. well the whole remember marvel puzzle quest for so long was all about dark, dark rain, rain and he was a big part of dark rain yeah Two pages in, and there is a lady on a flying dog. I'm sure there is an explanation coming. Was there an explanation? It was the it was the sentry's dog. Oh yeah, yeah and, and she was like, "Don't leave without right, me." Exactly. Yeah. yeah, the dog had superpowers naturally. <laughs> also, is Burton Dubois any relation to Blanche from the Golden Girls? From the Golden Girls. Uh, who was Burton Dubois? Burton Dubois is the, the publisher, editor, right? the publisher uh, of Excelsior uh, Encyclopedia. Obviously, well, yeah. do we own the rights to the Golden Girls yet? No. no. Well, well, Disney. I like that you said yet. I like <laughs> that you said We're yet. We're going there. Yeah. We're going there. We get everything eventually. In some way, Disney owns Golden Girls. Then, yeah. of course, they're related. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I did love the name choice of Burton Dubois as yeah. As it's the a great choice. It's a it's great a, choice. I mean, again, Jeff. Jeff had so many. He's got a knack for naming characters. Yes. Fermi's eyebrows may be my new exclamation. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I don't either. It I must be something. That. Oh, it's probably like a great Caesar's ghost kind yeah. of situation. Yeah. yeah. Did, did Dubois say that? Probably. Probably. Yeah. probably. Oh, man. Nothing like a sexist comment from Scout to end issue one <laughs> and a thumbs down emoji. <laughs> oh, it was, no. It was of the time, man. We got a thumbs down. That's well, it was of the fake time. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was, not the actual it was intentional. It's not, like, I mean, Jordan didn't feel that way no, when he was no. editing it. Yeah, I, I, yeah, it was the scene with them wiping her mind. Yeah. Yeah. And Scout's like, sides, everyone knows gals can't keep a secret. And yeah. they're all like, oh, boy. Good stuff. Okay, maybe Zhao Pao is a better <laughs> exclamation. <laughs> that is what, what uh, L- uh, Lollipops used to say. Yeah. Yeah. If I remember right. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Great. Mental note anyone with a too tall stovepipe hat is cranio. <laughs> I love that. And it's Abraham Lincoln. And, and so yeah. I love that Sentry's not like, maybe don't go to the theater. He's like, uh, have a great time at the show. Yeah. Hi. Hey, Sentry doesn't want to change history, man. Can't, can't. Sure. That's Paradox City, baby. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to go there. Uh, hey, you know what would be a good idea? Let's take a break from trying to stop the massive bear and complain about the press, which he does. Yep. Good stuff. Through three issues, I've come to realize that even though this was written in 2008, it's set in a time when all these stereotypes were common. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, 100%. Well, that is... I'm glad you figured it out. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Like, yeah. We don't want you to think we thought these things. Yeah. Not sure how I feel about that. <laughs> Going to try the last three issues tomorrow. <laughs> Follow the creepy guy into the tunnel? Sure, what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> Serious question. 
I don't know if any of us can answer this. Do judges carry their gavels down the street? <laughs> Definitely. 100% yes. I had a gavel. I'd carry it everywhere. Right? Uh, you know, that, I've actually never thought about it. Do, when, do judges have personal gavels, or is it just oh, there's it a gavel court in the court? I would ima- I would want my own. I would, I would want, want like gavel. one like, that, this that is like made from Try. a really nice wood. Yeah, it has like, like, like has like your mono- yeah, yeah. monogrammed on yeah. there. Yeah, you can put yeah, you Perfect. put some really nice things on it. And Th- like, whoever lifts this gavel <laughs> has the power of judge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like that's a great idea. You know, if you're going to the sandwich shop and you want to, you know, make sure your order is right, you know, here. Here. Yeah. Order in the sandwich oh, shop. Order, order in, the, order in sandwich. the sandwich shop. I made an order <laughs> in the sandwich yeah, shop. That, that's how you let yeah, them know that perfect. you're there. Love it. Um, okay, clearly more here than face value. <laughs> well, that all that rambling okay, okay. from me is what you get when you ask for more comments. No, that's great, Brad. That I, was awesome. I'm excited. Good observations. That's terrific. Um, and I'm glad you realized, but at the end that there's that Jordan's way not more a mon- going yeah, on Jordan's here. not a monster. Yes. Well, no. I didn't it's even know very, that was an option. You're a very nice man. Thank yeah. you. DJ Fanko says, The Age of Century was a fun choice. I enjoyed the old-timey speak. I expected a bit more from Carol Danvers, though. Well, that, I mean, that's the yeah. point. It, it, it's taking that stereotype of... Mm-hmm. That, the Silver Age heroine. Yeah, of being... Yeah. Who d- couldn't do anything. She's better off not... I mean, look, obviously she's yes. better off not yeah. being the centrist. She seems to be doing okay. Yeah. yeah she, Much she, as we all like to see her as the centrist forever. <laughs> you know. That'd be a great Civil War II moment if, like, at the end, Iron Man, one last-ditch effort to convince Carol is like, you're wrong. Remember when you were the centrist? Ha ha. <laughs> and then he runs yeah. away. We'll just have Molly, Molly Pops will show up yeah. and, and, and try to Sway convince her. her. Yeah. Zow, pow, yeah. Carol, you were wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Johnny M's says this Tremure C selection started out a little slow for me. It was only slightly familiar with. Well, this is oh, from this last is week. the last one, but it's still relevant okay, to Jordan's yeah. interest. Yeah, Jordan's still. I here. was only slightly familiar with Power Pack from their heyday, but I really enjoyed the ending, and this will definitely be a story I read to my daughters because Yay. it's interesting with a great message. To Agreed. see for all the bad stuff you did with Age of the Century, oh, see, no. you made up for it with your Power Pack work. Had you <sighs> guys, so you you had mentioned you would wish there were more. Oh, did you guys have? More thoughts and uh, outside of like those like you know it, names turn of the century and stuff like that did you have like things you were going to riff on specifically uh, i mean like i said the 70s one would have been like a like a starliny kind of mm. uh, oh god i would have loved to see that right. so bad <laughs> oh, oh like, i'm so angry one page that's just word balloons curse you 2008 like, comic market oh so good him chasing after um like the Magus? No, well, no. Like, having an evil, an evil ponytail. The Void would be there, but he'd have yeah. like a afro. Sure. And he would be blue. Oh, God, he'd have an afro. He'd be so good. <laughs> Cranio. What would Cranio be? In Cranio like would that? be Thanos. He's his Thanos. Yeah, I guess that's possible. He would just, that, you know, There's so many possibilities. It's so open good. to so much. I mean, that, yeah, that was definitely that idea. And then like the 80s would be, you know, that's when comics became dark. Yeah, sure, so of course. It would be like. The old nine-panel grid. Yeah. So 12 I mean, or 9. Uh, nine. You're thinking of Watchmen. I, I wasn't gonna say it, Jordan. Oh. But you just drop. You it could have a great. Bleep it. Yeah. Bleep it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the the Dark Century Return. Right. Oh, exactly. Yeah. That sort of oh, thing. You know, yeah. So much good stuff. And then, as we already just talked about, the '90s century would be crazy. Yeah. Oh, he'd be amazing. He <laughs> would have been be a member of Force Works. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Of course he would. The rest of Force Works shows up. <laughs> and Fantastic S- Force. Century and Century together. Well, you can have last. like the fan club as like you know like crazy '90s teens yep. too. Oh, like, the right his fan club. I forgot to mention them. Uh, that's oh my god, what book is that from? That was a reference to another Jeff Parker work. Oh really? Uh, the Continuities. 
Yeah. They were in uh, oh, X-Men right, right, First Class. X-Men First Class. Yeah. The continuity teens who were these teenagers who messed up continuity, I guess. Yeah. They were trying to preserve continuity. <laughs> I think they were trying to preserve continuity. And this is, they, they, they were, um, that's an, um, if you could find that series, that's probably on Marvel. X-Men Marvel First Class? class? I, oh, it yeah, should for be. Sure. A lot of it those is. first class books. And those are great, like, all ages, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. super cool X-Men. And there was a Wolverine First Class yep. series. Yep. And so, yeah, when Jeff wrote that, he he had the 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 fan club be. The here's a here's, here's a serious question: Would you consider Age of the Century an all ages book, just because you maybe Ooh. don't want kids to who don't who like don't understand that this is a retro thing to pick up these values? That's a tough one. Yeah, I know, that's right? A real tough one. I wouldn't say. Well, I mean, there's nothing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you'd probably want to say. Rated, what was it rated back then? Is the, I think the ratings have changed slightly since then. Yeah. Uh, at this point, if we were putting it out, I'd probably say like T+. Plus. Yeah. Um, Which is interesting because it's such an innocent book. Right, but in many ways. But then like the ending gets a little dark. Yeah. And there's, there are brains. Yeah, there are brains. <laughs> uh, X-Men First Class is on Unlimited. Excellent, yeah, excellent. We'll yeah, the continuity teams are in there. They're, they're amazing. Yeah. Um, any other stuff about that? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, but then again, so... What, uh, so if you were a fan of this because you liked the retro thing, there's a collection out there called Deadpool Flashbacks that has a bunch of the flashback issues of Deadpool we did. But that being said, that's not family friendly. No, anymore. not at all. <laughs> so Nothing don't Deadpool read that is. to your children at all. All right. So there we have it. Yeah. Jordan D. White continuing to fill in the fictional history of the Marvel Universe. It's a good time. You don't have enough continuity. That's true. It is. Well, you want me to blow your mind for a moment? <gasps> oh, God. Uh, here's the thing that will never happen. All but right. it's something I keep. I always want to do. Um, because of Marvel Time or Chronal Gravity, as they recently explained in the Ultimates, mm-hmm. uh, Al, Al Ewing explained. So, like, uh, basically, the beginning of the Marvel Universe keeps getting pulled forward in time. Right. So, at this point, the Fantastic Four's launch into space was like after the year two thousand. Right. So that means we no longer know what happened in the Marvel Universe in the seventies or the eighties or the nineties. Oh my God. <laughs> there's all sorts of new comics we could do there God. What? so much potential so good all right maybe someday maybe someday jordan yeah. thanks for coming on again That's, that would be a great event chronal gravity chronal like gravity is a telling, great name for an event yeah telling all those kinds of oh, stories and, and then figuring a way to tie it all together i mean listen it's complicated it's a complicated yeah. idea that like is it's i mean i just explained it relatively quickly. Yeah, it was super easy. <laughs> but, you guys, but you guys are real insiders. You yeah, know that's a lot true. Of stuff. So anyone I, who listens to this is a real insider. Yeah. Get that, fans. <laughs> Join Marvel Insider. Yeah, Marvel.com/slash/insider. Yeah. Is that a thing now? Yeah, it's yeah. a thing. Awesome. Nice, nice plug. I, I didn't even mean to, but awesome. Great job. I'm glad I did it. Yeah. Um. So for the next Twim URC, it would be great if we had it. But once again, I asked Mark to give it to me, and he said. <laughs> Uh, let me wait till Patrick's back at his desk and then never got back to me. I think you guys should just force them again. Pick another one. Should no. we pick another one or should we let them <laughs> choose kidding. and we'll put it and we'll put it up in the uh, notes of this one? Well, I think what we can do is we can get it and record something and add it to the end. All right. Here. So right. that sounds good. Hey, the next thing you should read is. Now that's a hell of a selection. Oh, yeah, good right? selection. Good yeah. stuff. Good yeah. stuff. I'm sorry good stuff, I won't be guys. here for that. Yeah. Well, you well, could, you you could, could come go and out, sit in with yeah, us. Yeah, you could go out west. Like. Oh, yeah, we're not yeah, going to be here. We can't fly out yeah. for no. that. I'm sorry. Really? That's not going to happen. <laughs> don't, you go, don't you go to, out to Lucasfilm like <laughs> They're not even in the same It's a different town. Yeah, but, you know, you could hit them both. Okay. All right. 
Yeah, we'll see. Right. Fair enough. <laughs> Jordan, thank you for joining us. This Again, was a delight. Thank you for this me. was great. Yeah, Anytime you want fun. me back. Yeah. I'll get I'll beat Brevort yet. Yeah, you will. All right. Andrew's game coming up. <laughs> sure. Uh, this is Marvel. You are you. Okay.